What we've got here is failure to communicate. Freedom. Freedom? Well, sign away my freedom. Why, this is ridiculous. Don't be corny, brother. <laughs> sure, our system of free enterprise isn't perfect. But before we throw it away for some imported double talk, let's turn the clock back a few years to see what it's done for us. With your host, Mike Paul. Anyway, so Nick and Tyler know this, but I have this ridiculous, outrageous car. Uh, it's a 59 Buick LeSabre, and it sat in a barn for 20 to 30 years. Nobody really knows. So it's got what we call patina. It's original paint, white and blue, all faded with some rust, and just, you know, only time can make it look this preposterous and amazing. And it's also on air ride, so it slams the frame down to the ground when you hit the air ride switches down. Uh, it shoots flamethrowers out the exhaust. It's got a $1,200 sound system in it, blue LED lights in the headliner. And the car itself is just the most, like, sadistic, evil, nasty-looking vehicle you've ever seen. Like, if, you, if you're not a car guy, look up a 59 Buick LeSaver. It's just a, a wild-looking car. So it's kind of, like, the only toy I have left. And I got four kids now, so I don't really have much time for my car hobby. But my mother-in-law surprised us today, saying she could watch the kids so uh, my wife and I could go out. So we go out to eat, which is, like, a mile and a half from our house. And I tell my wife, like, hey, can we take the Buick? She goes, yeah. Like, she, she likes it. She's not, she's not a car person like me, but she's like, yeah, let's, let's take it for a spin. That'll be fun. Um, so I had a couple of drinks at, at dinner, and I was like, well, you're going to drive home. Because, number one, my tags are two years expired, and I don't drive nice. this thing. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I'm not going nice. to renew the tags. <laughs> so, so I was like, um, you're going to drive because, you know, I, we're in the middle of town. But it's only a mile drive, so... She's going to drive it home. And she's like, oh, come on. I, 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 I don't mind being in the car, but I don't like driving it. She's driven it twice in five years. This was the second time. And she pulls out of the restaurant, goes on to Main Street. And what happens? It runs out of gas. No. <laughs> so, and the other wild thing about this car is that it doesn't just start it. You don't turn the key and crank it like a traditional car you turn the key to the center and you floor the gas pedal to start it. So it's like a golf cart. You floor it to initiate or, uh, to turn on the uh, uh, starter. So I was like, put it in neutral, put it in neutral. She goes, I don't know what that means. So like I'm in, I'm in the passenger seat. I, I pop it in neutral. I put my hand onto the gas pedal from the passenger seat and floor it. And it starts cranking and sputtering and sputtering. I'm like, shit, we're out of gas. <laughs> this is clearly the problem. Right so in the my wife, street. So my wife gets nervous. She goes, we're next to a, a Snyder's pharmacy. She goes, I, I, I can't be seen with this. I'm, I'm going in there. I'm going inside the restaurant. You figure this out. Or she's going inside the, the pharmacy. I'm like, Ash, I, I've had three beers. Like, you're just going to hang me with a DUI if a cop shows up right now. <laughs> like, what, do you, what do you mean you're going inside? So she, she finally comes back, and this couple that's in their 60s, like, comes up, and they're like, oh, this is way too cool of a car to leave on the side of the road. Let's give you a push to the gas station, which is, like, 700 feet ahead. So I was like. Oh, okay, cool. So they're like, you want to hop in? I was like, no, no, I'm not going to hop in right now. Like, but my wife can, though. So my, <laughs> wife, my wife hops in, puts it in neutral. We shove it, and, like, we just happened to get a green light that was right before the gas station and shoved it right in and filled it up, and it, it all is well that ends well. <laughs> it yeah, I, wish, I wish you would have hit the flamethrowers. Yeah, but it just it just had to happen. You know, it's just, it just like... Oh, uh, yeah. good times. So that's how She's my night's been going. 
She's probably red in the face. Yeah, she said we're never taking it again. She goes, we're taking the minivan next time. I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not. <laughs> Put flamethrowers on the minivan, dude. We can. Yeah. Did you have to did you have to pop start it when you put the gas back in or did you just start right back up? No, so yeah, it's an automatic transmission. I just oh, kind of, okay. once we uh once we put gas in it, I just sat there and cranked it and cranked it and pumped the gas and it, it popped over and, and we got home. So yeah, it's a great time. So yeah. anyways, let's get to some liberty content. Hey, how long are you gonna keep it? all right, let's do it. How long are you gonna keep them tags expired for? <laughs> uh, that's a good start My, to the liberty conversation. That, that is a great start. So it, my excuse is always going to be that I just got out of storage today. Same. Hell yeah. That's a my, uh, yeah. my CTSV. I'm running on 15 months right now. And I, uh, that's, that's my ace up my sleeve. It just, it's been broken down for a year, man. And I just got it out of storage and I just, I need to make sure it's running right. Cause I got to sell it. Cause you know, uh, long story. And then that's, yeah, I just, what is the point? Like we, uh, we have this movement on the podcast that we are trying to end the DMV because it's like ending the Fed is a little ambitious, right? And it's not realistic. Like we need to take down some local tyrants before we can go for the big ones, you know? So abolish the DMV and like, what is the point of those stickers? People just pay 200 bucks a year for a fucking sticker. We say, let's just get rid of that. We think we can get a, a populist movement behind it. So we just got to get the right ears. Dude, I've been riding for the past three years. And my daily driver, no tags, no license. I just know I always drive in the right lane. I got a whole strategy to evading. The whole trick <laughs> is don't get pulled over to begin. Don't let the cops present an opportunity to pull you over. If I get in a wreck, I'm fucked. You know, I got to go. Can I say fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If, yeah, if I get in a wreck, I'm fucked. I go straight to jail. But if you stay in the right, I, you just, it also makes you, it forces you to become a better driver. You have to be a retard whisperer on the road anticipate everyone as a retard and try to avoid a wreck. I mean, it's, it's valid. I mean, probably a solid 90% of people on the roads are retards, Um, especially in the state of Arizona. I lived in Arizona for a bit. I, my car insurance went up like 50 bucks a month. It was some of the worst, worst drivers ever. Yeah, man. I, I actually, I go to the DMV yesterday and I've been procrastinating this. Um, I turned 30 in September and my license has been expired ever since then. But there was like this, the DMV was closed because of the lockdowns and they had this thing where it's like, oh, we're just going to, we're going to forgive it. But then like all of a sudden, once it gets reignition or uh, like back into law, you don't know when they allow it. So you're going to get fined for a late fee. So I had a, I bought a brand new truck or, or new to me. It's a 2002, but I bought a new truck and I had to register it. So I was like, every time I drive by the DMV, it has a line around the door, but Yesterday, my daily driver, I was back out of the driveway and the brake locked up. So I had to do a brake job on it. So I was like, well, I got to take the truck and I might as well register it. So I went to the DMV and I'm in a 3000 person farm town. It was a two hour wait in my town to get through the DMV. And I get there and it's like, dude, I was just dishing out red pills. Like it was my job to everyone in line. I was like, (laughs) I I was sitting there and everyone's kind of complaining like, oh man, this is kind of ridiculous. They haven't given us our numbers yet. And I was like. You know what would be great? We should put these people in charge of our health care. <laughs> and they're like, oh, man, yeah. Like, that, 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 that's such a ridiculous statement. And then I see a couple of people online that have never even thought about that. They're kind of like, whoa, whoa, yeah, that would be wild. Like, that's a crazy idea. <laughs> Make the DMV into our hospitals and like, we don't bleed out in the emergency room. <laughs> but there was, like, this guy who's, like, in his 60s, like, pops up. And he's got this long hair and this, like, uh, cowboy hat on. He's like, 
how long's the wait? We're like one to two hours. He goes, good thing I brought my lawn chair and my cigar. And he literally pops out a lawn chair, sits down and lights up a cigar <laughs> at like nine in the morning. Nice. <laughs> and we're just hanging out there. But dude, yeah, it, yeah See, it was. Now the cooler. accelerationist method, kind of like what you've done is just count how many people are there and say, how many, who's here to pay some tax? Let's add this money up. And then you come up to a number that's a four or five figure number and you go and they can't hire one fucking other person in here to get this line moving. And we want to give them this is just for us today. How many people are in this town? Three thousand. Do the math on that. Look how much money they're, they're bleeding from us. And then but you won't have to worry about the weight because the DMV will be burned down. Yeah, that's true. And- yeah, and that's you know, and I actually like you can't take it out on the workers inside there because like that's not true. Next- I will. I'd <laughs> <laughs> well, say you can't. Um, but um, so the, the guy next to me was a uh, probably in his probably his mid sixties, but very conservative. So we, we were chatting for an hour just about politics and everything going on in the world. But then he gets in line and he's in front of me, and they let six people in at a time to the DMV. And what they do, it's like. You would swear it was 1926, the way they bring you into the DMV. They they come out by hand and write you a number on a piece of paper. And then they let five people into there at a time. And once your number's up, they have a piece of paper with a marker. They, they put like 10 to 15 and place it in the window. Like It's not even like when you go to the <laughs> deli, you have like a, a ticket that's like on a reel and you have like the digital readout of your number. No, this is like marker and paper. And a person walking out to give you a number. It was like we're a hundred years in the past with technology, but we get in there and the, the guys talking to the lady working there, and you can just tell like she's in her mid sixties and and she's miserable. Like who wouldn't be doing this job? She's fucking had it. Yeah. So he he asked her. He goes, "So how long have you been doing this job?" She goes, nine years." He goes, "What do you think about it?" I'm really tired. <laughs> is what she said. And she goes, I have three more years to get my pension. And but she was just like, they're just walking like zombies. And have you ever had or been a felon? Yes or no? Like they just talk to you and read out these things. And that's what they do all day. It's just such a preposterous like department. There's no need for it. It's it's extortion. Yes. Damn. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a soul sucking profession and it's meant to be, you know, and it's all about that P word, the pension. I mean, that's really what it's about. They get a honeypot at the end of the rainbow. And uh, I, I I mean, obviously, in states like ours, Illinois, uh, they're going to go dry sooner rather than later, um, you know, barring any. Well, I mean, I guess the money printer has been going burr and it's going to go burr into oblivion. So, I mean, they're going to get bailouts after bailouts and, you know, we're just going to the shit's going to hit the fan. You're talking about the accelerationist theory. So. I mean, that's really what it's all about. It's not like we can turn back the clock and try to stop like, hey, guys, in the year 1990, we need to stop all of this deficit spending and it's it's going to end badly. You know, we're past that point. So why not just enjoy the ride and just mock it and uh, and have some fun with it with some humor? Exactly. I can't I can't believe they hired the tiredest lady, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, to they- think that this tired lady at the. By the time it's time for her to take a nap, it's going to be a huge nap that we all pay for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, shit. I want to be sleepy, dude. I can't be sleepy. I got to be a crazy person. <laughs> this lady gets to be sleepy and gets paid well for it. Yeah. So she gets her, her mandated breaks and everything. So 
El Pulpo. I, I got to be honest with you. Tyler brought you here on recommendation from Twitter. And um, I honestly don't know much about your following or anything you stand for, but you know, oh, no. <laughs> any friend, of, any friend of Tyler is a friend of mine. So I was like, "Hey, let's uh, let's bring him on the show, and we'll we'll see what he's got to say." So, wh- who ex- like, or what exactly do you, do you believe in? Who are you, and wh- what's your uh, what's your deal? <laughs> see, here's the thing: you guys do Smart Persons podcast, right? Pete Quinones, he has a Smart Persons podcast too. I don't do a Smart Persons podcast. I do a Stupid Persons podcast because that's. <laughs> That's my strength is being a stupid person. So I feel really weird when I go on these shows and they're like, all right, you you know, taught you guys could probably do like good math and stuff. Probably read a lot of books. <laughs> I, I can't do those things. So and then when people are like, what do you believe? I'm like, I don't dog. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I know nothing the government works. You know, I'm definitely an anarchist. I don't call myself an cap or anything like that. I'm just anarchist, dude. I, I'm not smart enough to do economics, so I don't pretend to. I'm not going to tell you about, you know, trade deficits or anything. I don't know. That could be a good thing. I don't know. So I, I'm not taking a side on any of that. I don't know anything about Bitcoin. All right. I don't. I just, uh, I really hate government. I don't like the police, you know. Not, I mean, who does? Come on. But even uh, the point is, I'm just anarchist, dude. And I just, I like pointing out the absurdities and stuff. I guess it's kind of funny. I like talking, you know, some shit. So I talk shit to uh, Blue Checks on Twitter a lot, and then I get banned a lot. I'm banned right now. We we couldn't set up the- <laughs> because I got banned two hours before the show started. So we had to, yeah, we had to play the telephone game to get you guys my email address <laughs> to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, this is this is truly like the first mystery box guest we've had. I'm like Tyler's like, hey, I'm bringing this guy on who's funny on Twitter and he does jujitsu. I'm like, all right, I'll talk to him. You know? Like, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. When I you guys invited me and I see jujitsu there, I'm like, oh hell yeah, I'm definitely going on. I can't ever talk jujitsu with any of my other like the other people who I associate with daily on Twitter. They don't know jujitsu. They don't. They don't go to the gym and they don't fight or do anything like that. I love fighting. I figure every, every anarchist would love fighting. I can't believe that they don't. Exactly. That's actually a question I got for you. So, I've I've had this uh, kind of hypothesis that I floated on the podcast before, and I'm sure you've noticed this too. That not not that most grapplers are libertarians or even or anarchists or anything, but. It's significantly higher percentage than the general population of people who grapple and aren't blue pilled NPCs. Like they generally question things more. And my theory is that I think just to walk into a jujitsu gym or an MMA gym, you have to be wired a little bit differently. Like you can't just be completely blue pilled and do what you're told and not question things. It takes a little bit of uh, of curiosity to to even like want to try. And then you notice that as people go on and the people who really stick for years are people who, again, question everything they hear and they think about things abstractly. And those are the people who excel at jujitsu. I mean, is that kind of the sense that you get from it? I don't know, but I thought of a really funny joke while you're saying this. And I think only you and I will get it. But I wonder if Gracie Barra makes you wear a Gracie Barra mask when you go in their facility. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I've, I've had this joke where it's like, not a joke, but... I, the, the Gracie's, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, we, we stand on the shoulders of giants and the Gracie's were extremely important and all this stuff, but 
especially the second and third generation Gracies have tried to hijack and like trademark jujitsu as theirs. Like they still refer to it as Gracie jujitsu and even calling it Brazilian. Yeah. And even calling it Brazilian jujitsu is, is misleading because it's like, okay, if you go to 1980 and, and Rio de Janeiro, what people are doing in the U S right now, it's, yeah, the same objectives and everything, but it's completely different with the advent of leg locks and, and all of this wrestling influence and people adding their own shit. And it's just, uh, and, and you watch like the, the Gracie's they put like, if they had dog shit bags that they could put the Gracie triangle on and sell them, <laughs> they would do it. Like they're, they're just merchandise whores and they That's try to was, brand everything. I was going to ask that, like, do they require people that train there? If they have pictures at the gym that they have to tag the gym. Cause like I've even seen John Jones doing it. Like he's always tagging Gracie bear Albuquerque. And well, shit. I, I, it wouldn't surprise. I hate those Gracie Barrett guys. I'm not going to lie. They're the, the biggest cult. I mean, that's the Scientology of jujitsu, I think. <laughs> yeah. And, and guess what? The IBJJF for Mike and Tyler, the IBJJF, like they want to be the government of jujitsu. Like yeah, they oh, really yeah. I hate do. those guys. Like, too. oh yeah. I've, I've still have never done an IBJJF event because like you get there and they measure your sleeves to make sure they're the proper length. And you know, everything is like very, official and they have all the rules that have like they don't create there is no governing body in jujitsu right it's very decentralized but the ibjjf tries to do their best to be the government like they want to tell you like knee reaping is not allowed that's a dangerous bad technique and it is because we say so and uh and then a lot of gyms especially like gracie baja they adopt those ideas and they kind of become permanent in uh in the 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 ether in jujitsu. So it's, it's a little frustrating, but what I like about it, and I'm sure El Pupo, you'll agree with this is that decentralized nature of it. Like there's a lot of creativity and there's no enforcing. Everything is extremely like voluntary and, uh, and, and the way it's organized is pretty beautiful. Oh yeah. And then, and then this comes back to your initial question for me too. And I, I agree with what you said, but I came to the conclusion kind of in the backwards way. And I started doing jujitsu. I've been doing jujitsu since I was a teenager, and I'm 30 now. And I I always think the people who do jujitsu, yeah, you have to. The people who are better at it, I find, regardless of how intelligent they are, I find the people who are better at it and learn quicker are people who just think in a stranger manner. They don't have to be handheld, taught everything. I think people who are anarchists are by nature that way or people who are extreme libertarian become by nature that way because they don't look at, Oh, you got Republican Democrat. You got to go one of the two. They look at the things differently. They solve the puzzle differently. And so I'm like, man, if all these, if we could get like, like Eddie Bravo did this with Gio Martinez and Richie Martinez, he brought in these break dancers and he's like, dude, these break dancers have such insane core strength and they go upside down and everything. They'd be perfect for the jujitsu. They'd be killers. And he was right. These guys are, are absolute insane killers. And oh, I'm shit. thinking, man, if we could get a bunch of like these freaking smart anarchist people in here who just think things in different ways, you can kind of tell. Like you can see what's the way someone works through something and go, okay, that guy's thinking in a strange manner. And it could be good, it could be bad. But I want that guy doing jujitsu. I bet they'd be really good. Yeah, you know, Eddie Bravo is actually who I was going to bring up when we're we're talking about this, and then you I brought was him thinking up. Eddie Bravo too. Yeah, no, and, and Eddie Bravo. I'll tell you this: like, I, I, uh, so okay, I'm 26. 
turn 27 in a month, but I've been doing uh, jujitsu since uh, right about when I started, uh, I was 19. So I've been training about eight years and came from wrestling before that. But uh, when I found, when I found Joe Rogan's podcast, I think it was 2012 and I heard Eddie Bravo. And then I got into jujitsu like shortly after. And the first thing I thought about Eddie Bravo, I'm like, Oh, this guy's like fun to listen to with conspiracies and everything. But then when I, I started uh, watching his instructionals when I was, you know, like a white belt, like starting out and it, I, like right away, I'm like this guy, the way he thinks just clicks with me. Like when he talks about concepts and techniques, he's coming at it from a radically different angle where it's not like these turn by turn directions that you try to memorize and get into your muscle memory. He's saying like, here's the way to think about this. Like just, just take a completely outside approach and conceptualize this. And Eddie Bravo, you know, he's come up with the rubber guard, the twister, the, the lockdown half guard, all these crazy original things, which it's very hard to be truly original in jujitsu because so much has already been done. And there's so many millions of hours combined on the mat that it, you're not going to find much new. Like maybe you have one thing that you contribute after, you know, 10 years of training and Eddie Bravo is also a motherfucking flat earther. Okay. So the dude thinks differently. And the thing is, I'm not a flat earther, but the, he can Wait, back up and flat? make a case. <laughs> yeah. But he can make a case for flat earth. And he knows about like the moon landing. He's got all this shit memorized because like he truly does think abstractly. And people will make fun of him and call him an idiot. And it's like, okay, say what you want about him that he's wrong or misled. But the dude's not dumb. Like he's a, a revolutionary kind of thinker, especially in jujitsu, you know? Plus, a lot of anarchists like, or at least say they want to get in shape and do all this. What's a better way to get in shape than doing jujitsu? Your stamina's through the roof. You you know how you learn a very valuable skill in learning to fight and defend yourself. It is a huge confidence booster, which I've seen a lot of Twitter accounts on there and a lot of. Uh, People I come across on the timeline could probably use some jujitsu confidence boosting. I I was gonna say that I've I've seen you know having been a lot more active on Twitter the last couple of years especially like I see a lot of people that talk tough and I'm like I don't even know if you could run a mile, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like you know it's like like that meme where they show like doomsday preppers like with their body armor and this like decked out rifle with just a massive gut. I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah, I you know, I was Nick kind of really made me realize the actual kind of people that exist in the whole like BJJ world. Like my initial thought of it when he first started doing it, I kind of mocked it. I'm like, like there's like just a bunch of meatheads, like just a bunch <laughs> of guys like want to fight and fuck each other up. Like that's that's all I thought it was. But then Nick started doing it, and I saw like the happiness and like the like just enthusiasm and passion. And I was like, oh, dude, you get the same shit out of this that I get out of playing guitar. Like, this is just like a, it's a learning curve and like you just want to keep getting better and better. And then I meet the guys that he's training with and they are not meatheads. They're like articulate, very intelligent, like super, like no ego, easygoing dudes. And I'm like, I had this all wrong. Like, these guys are just very humble and like just, you know, they, they, uh, they like walk, uh, you know, speak softly and carry a big stick type personality nerd assassins man yeah <laughs> nerd assassins i would i, I would nerd assassins 
I would assume, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I have not rolled, but I would assume that probably if you walk in there all meat-headed out you're pro- and get strangled within the first five minutes of rolling with someone, it probably humbles you a little bit, huh? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I don't know how it happens at your gym, Nick, but I'm sure it's probably very similar to what happens at mine and many other gyms across the nation, is when you get someone like that, usually you kind of put the white belts, the new guys, either you put them with new guys, you don't let them roll for a bit, you know, you let them do drills first, get the feel for jujitsu. But if guys come in, they're really eager to roll. They're like, okay, you can roll. We'll put you with like, we'll put you with a white belt who has some experience. If that guy's thrashing the white belt, then you go, okay, uh, we're going to put you now with the high school wrestling guy who's uh, really needs a fix after wrestling in high school and hasn't wrestled also, or D1 college wrestler guy who's a blue belt and who's 20 pounds lighter than you. And then the blue belt absolutely fucking murders him. And he chokes them in all the mean ways. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. You have like the uh, the mat enforcer, you know, which yeah. is a fun. It's a fun role to play. I mean, we over the years that we've had some characters come into our gym that you guys are talking about the meatheads that that uh, you know come in with the egos, and uh, it's what's beautiful is there's a douchebag filter, like the guys who absolutely <laughs> can't stand losing and are completely delusional about how tough they are don't last like you you need to accept like okay i suck at this new thing and it's not what i thought it was and i really need to like admit to myself that i'm starting from ground zero here and uh it's almost like a it's like a baptism like you're starting with a clean slate like you just must accept that you are starting from the bottom here and that you need to submit to other people and and grow so uh so yeah that's that's sort of the process now the bad news is that in Boxing and Muay Thai gyms, this also occurs. This happens as well. The thing that's good about jiu-jitsu is you can have the blue belt fuck this guy up and the guy can go to his job the next day. And in boxing, you get instances like Charlie Zelenov or someone who comes in. It it doesn't happen as much in a striking sport because of the implication, of course, of dying. Uh, (laughs) Getting out of hand or getting hit. You know, most people don't. Most people have never been hit before. And once they're hit, within the first two times they learn very, very quickly whether they want to continue being hit ever again in their life. A lot of people decide no. And sometimes it's surprising the people who decide no, they just don't like being hit. But this does happen about like striking too. And those guys get, you know, usually those guys don't actually ever come back again. They get fucked up and they go, fuck this place. I'm not coming back. Bunch of fucking bullies. It's never their fault. In jujitsu, you will see guys come back every once in a while. Though It does filter out a lot of the meatheads who would be permanently stuck this way, but some come back. Like I'm, I'm friends with guys who were uh, really upset when, when they first came to jujitsu. Now they're really good. And they just stuck with it. They figured, like you said, Hey, you're not going to win them all. You don't know it yet. So how can you be good? So Charlie Zelenov, is that the guy that challenged Deontay Wilder? <laughs> yeah. That's, okay. If Mike and Nick, if you guys haven't seen this guy on YouTube, he's a complete ass clown. But he like he called out Deontay Wilder and Deontay Wilder like answered the call. He's like, I'll box you. And then got he just this guy just routinely gets the shit kicked out of him. Well, he did way worse. He was calling Deontay Wilder's cell phone and saying yeah. insane things about his daughter. Mm-hmm. But and that's what Charlie Zelenov is. He's he's there's something actually wrong with him. And his dad is a bad guy who kind of lets this happen and if anything he's encouraging it almost and Ch- charlie will he's been he goes to like 
YMCA's and stuff and walks up to unassuming people, says, you want to spar? And the people are like, okay, we're just barely going to tap each other, right? And before he, he doesn't even answer, he just starts hitting them, beating the shit out of these people. And the people are like, what the fuck, dude? What are you doing, you nut? And then he, he puts his hands in the air and goes, undefeated, undefeated, 147-0. and but every once in a while, he'll talk shit to real boxers. Like Deontay Wilder's one of them. And he went to, he was saying insane stuff. Deontay Wilder said, Okay, here's my address. Come here right now. And I guess Charlie Zelenoff showed up and Deontay Wilder uh, molly whopped him. And he <laughs> ran out of the gym. It is really funny. But the guy is still, there's something wrong with him, too. I, I don't know how you fix that problem, to be honest. Yeah, yeah with, a, with a dude like that, I mean, it really is a, a mental, like that guy has to be mentally ill. Like he is completely just deranged. I mean, if you think that, first of all, I've seen the videos, like it wasn't until you brought up the uh, hitting people before they touched the gloves thing. I remember that video going viral a couple of years ago. I'm like, that guy he's is he's a, a sick fuck. Yeah, he, he's a sick fuck. I mean, that's that's all it is. Like you're you're beating up on people that aren't there to fight you. Like he's just a piece of shit. And it's, it's sad that he even got that kind of notoriety that people know his name that he, he got that kind of fame. But I mean, if he, if he thought it's almost like you, you want to be so happy about the Deontay Wilder thing that he beat the shit out of him. But the fact that it even took place and that guy even agreed to it shows that he's not there. Like he's legit crazy. And there are, there are legit crazy people that are great martial artists, right? Like Tony Ferguson and Mike Perry, you know, those guys <laughs> are actually, they are actually crazy, but they, they've, uh, they've put in the work. This guy's just sort of a pussy who beats up on people. Mike Perry's Florida man. He is. He's Florida man for sure. Oh, by the way, if you guys, a uh, great documentary. Have you guys ever watched uh, Beige Frequency on YouTube? Are you guys familiar with that YouTube channel? No. This guy, Beige, he, um, you know, oh, I, Tyler may have not told you, but I uh, am very racist against white people. So yeah. Beige, <laughs> beige, anything out of the question. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm telling you guys, he just throws bombs. And it's so funny because all these like pearl clutching, like suburban soccer moms get so upset. We don't even own a car. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just incredible. Like, so, and correct me if I tell this story wrong, but so like the backstory is on Twitter. There is, he gets in a thread and starts insulting people. Like, I bet your husband, you know. Oh, that wasn't me who said that one. Was was that Lee? No, I'm not sure who that person was. Oh, but yeah, they, I'm going to butcher the story now. I, I was trying to cram in some more time on the podcast before I logged in here. But anyways, the, they're like, you know, I bet you your husband films you and your boyfriend, you know, having sex in your family car. And the lady, all she responds with is, we don't even own a car. <laughs> <laughs> like... I, I hope you get back on Twitter because I just love cruising the timeline and I just see just absolute haymakers just insulting blue check marks that live in New York City. It's beautiful. The bad news is I think I'm, I don't know. Maybe I got to figure out a way to get back on because I've out of Google voice numbers, which used to be my way to circumvent Twitter bans. So mm-hmm. I'm out of those. Now I'm kind of stuck. I may make my girlfriend do it make some Google voice <laughs> numbers for me. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's crazy. They're just, they're, they're purging. I watch like my follower count, just it, it fluctuates in like a 10 person ratio. And I, I usually just wait to see the help me find my friends tweet. And then I'm like, all right, I, I think I know who that is. Uh, like, uh, 
Uh, but you know, there might be hope for you. They unbanned Pete Quinones. Yeah, it's true. He had, he had he has way more pool than I do. Paul Brothers, <laughs> have you have you heard any white racial slurs before? Oh, dude! First, our grandpa was a, an Italian, right? And oh. I heard him say more racist shit about white people than pretty much anybody else. It was always dumb fucking Polacks and drunken mix and stuff. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like the na- the time he grew up in, it's like, you know, there was the Italian neighborhood, the Irish neighborhood, Swedish. It was that kind of thing. Right. And nobody got offended. It's just like, oh yeah, he's a dumb Polak, but it's like your next door neighbor. And they were still friends with the people. It's just like, you gotta, you know, don't mind him. He's just a dumb Polak. Well, it was that kind of thing. And clearly, they, they all started banging each other because Nick and I are mixed with all these like, ethnicities. Now. <laughs> yeah, so, well, they didn't really mean it. Now, now here's the problem, though. Now, let's say you encounter, you go down to the city and you encounter uh, a lady with a bunch of metal in her face and her hair is a bizarre color, and she clearly doesn't train jujitsu. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and you want to racially abuse her because she's yelling nonsense at you what would you call her then you don't know her background so you need new white racial slurs luckily i'm a white racial slur connoisseur and i can arm you guys with some if you'd like to hear some oh i'd like to hear them well first you can always hit her the first one and it's probably the classic is mayo monkey if she's a large lady (laughs) mayo monkey bam right up the alley it's a mayonnaise one so it's insulting big people and it's a monkey white i mean it just imagine monkey made a mayo dude that'd be what you're looking at right now you know mayo monkey after you hit her with the mayo monkey jab you have a big right hand coming in chalk roach get out of here chalk roach <laughs> Bam. Chalk roach chalk doesn't roach. do it you can always if you want to if you're speaking to a non-white and you want to express your disgust you can always refer to the whites as the gluish people <laughs> <laughs> people i don't trust any gluish people if you ask me <laughs> i yeah that's like man i i was laughing so hard when i listened to that because i'm it's so true and like they don't know what hit them like it, i i introduced the term mayo monkey to a buddy of mine and he's like that's the funniest shit i've ever heard oh there's way more <laughs> there's of course White people love biking, so you can call him a bike baboon. You can also call him a, a golf gorilla. You can call them yogurt yeti or yachting yeti, depending on depending on where you rank them, socioeconomic class of the person you're talking to. Yeah, oh, that is incredible. More. You can call them, you know, cum skin, arctic ape, or plaster primate, talcum termite. Talcum termite. Oh, my... Another, this is a good one that I have to dust off. You can call them a vanilla or niller for short. You can give them their own <laughs> N word. <laughs> Fucking niller. It's, you can it's, ap- just, it's incredible. I, I love it. Cause you know, like, so where we grew up, you know, the suburbs of Chicago weren't too far. And like, you go to like, like Naperville area. Oh man, you can have a heyday with that stuff. <laughs> just all these like like bernie sticker prius drive-in either them them type or you get the like soccer mom and a mercedes types and you here's have an absolute heyday the best part is why i love my white racial slurs is you when you racially abuse these people with white racial slurs there's no retort they have they can't say you're being racist because you go you can't be racist towards white people no matter how much you want to be oppressed which is a, a 
classic line of theirs, of course. You tell them how you can't be racist against white people. You're actually, if anything, you're calling out white microaggressions right now. And I'm just simply denouncing the chalkroaches that oppress me. I was just about to say that. According to them, you can't be racist towards white people. So how would they categorize what you're coming at them with? Just that you're being weird to them? There's nothing they can really say. I mean, yeah, you call somebody a talcum termite. I think I'm going to bust that one out next time I have the chance. (laughs) (laughs) Like you missed some good ones. You got up for a second. You missed a couple couple good ones. My son wanted to say goodnight to me, so I I had to go. Go uh, give a little hug. So sorry, I missed the fun, but uh, I'll read now. Here's here's the fun part. So uh, the the aforementioned son there, my nephew, uh, we could teach him these things and program a three year old. (laughs) You get you get somebody these weapons at three years old. You make them dangerous because people just don't know how to handle that. Like he called me a a yogurt yeti. He called his second grade teacher a yogurt yeti. uh, (laughs) No, dude. So listen to this. So yesterday. My, I have an eight-year-old daughter, and she had a play date with her friend. My, my wife and her mom set it up at our local public school where they go. And we've never gone to this park before. It's after school's over, obviously. And we go there, and, like, first of all, I'm just, like, kind of, like, just fuming because 70 to 80% of the kids have masks on after school. And I'm just like, these kids are just being taught to be obedient. And to authority. So I'm kind of like just fuming and watching it happen. And we're, we're there. You know, our kids aren't doing that. But um, all of a sudden, like a bunch of these kids leave. It must have been like a like an after class, like, uh, you know, thing for parents who get off late. It's like it's like a, you know, daycare for kids. They kind of all go inside. But there's this one group of kids playing football. And these two kids come up to me. They're, they're about fifth grade. They come right up to me. They, they assume that I work for the school. And they go, Mr. Mr. Can you come help us? This this kid's being really bad. Like he's saying, he's saying, he's saying the F word. He's saying, he's saying the B word. He's saying the A word. And he says, and he's they're saying the N word that black people use. I'm sitting there like, first of all, which one? Hurry! Pretty, which one? What are they saying? Pretty <laughs> wild that uh, you guys know the rule of the N word. You know that only a certain type of people can say it. Like it's pretty cool already. But then I was like, okay, guys, like I, I, like, I don't work here. This is not my jurisdiction. I'm not gonna go scold somebody else's kid. They're like, yeah. well, well, they're like, but we think he wants to fight us. I'm like, okay, if that happens, I'll keep an eye out. Like, let me know. I'm not gonna let you guys get into a fight. But as far as the profanity. Yeah, just tell him to stop, dude. I don't know. I'm not his dad. I'm not a teacher. I don't have any authority here. And the kid, the kid comes running over right after I said it. He's like, weighs like 72 pounds. He's just like short fifth grade kid, but just full of piss and vinegar. And he goes, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> and I was like, hey, bud, 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 dude, like, come on. That's, that's uncalled for. We don't, we don't need the language. And he just looked at me like, he didn't say it, but his eyes said like, who the fuck are you to tell me what to do? Like, and they, they start playing football and they're just kind of doing it. And like, but yeah, it was kind of wild. I was like, dude, this, uh, this whole generation, it's going to be pretty wild to watch these like obedient people to authority. And then whatever this kid is made of, <laughs> like, <laughs> just, fun. just before we started the podcast, I was taking the dog for a walk and I was by the park near my house and there were these kids, they're like, they're like 14, 15 years old, like these girls. And they were, uh, I was walking the dog and all of a sudden a soccer ball like rolls out in front of the path. And it's like, I'm going to scoot up, scoop it up and throw it. So they don't have to come like pet the dog. People are weird or whatever. You know, they don't want to 
pet a person's dog, understandably. And uh, so I throw it over. She's like, thanks. And she's they're outside and they're kicking a soccer ball back and forth 20 feet apart from each other. And she's wearing a mask outside. And it's like, so as you mentioned, we talked about this on the last episode too. And uh, El Pupo, tell me what you think of this. But I think that we're going to see a great divide in Gen Z where half of them are going to be super red pilled and just punk rock, like rebellious. And the other half are just going to be like, you know, Tony Fauci forever will be a deity to them and just be complete blue pilled. We are very closely on to the path. And I'm glad that the Gen Z will lead the way of legalizing giving swirlies in the workplace. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we are going to swirly our way out of this problem. And and people can say it's an NAP violation all they like. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Well, could you imagine how awesome that would be if you heard if there was like a, a security camera video of like at Capitol Hill, like Fauci walking with like his books and binders of data and bullshit rhetoric. And then you just see like Thomas Massey walk past him and you just debooks him. That would be the greatest <laughs> thing I'd ever seen. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> just bully him, call him fucking nerds. And, you know, he it's like they're playing Dungeons un- and Dragons. He hooks him by his underwear on top of Abraham Lincoln at that big old fucking <laughs> statue. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's, I, I think we're, it, we're talking about a, uh, sorry, go ahead, Tyler. No, you're good. I was just gonna say, I, I think it's coming. I think that's a good point. Yeah, well, and I always, I always had this strategy where, um, if I, when I have to use my jujitsu in a street fight situation, for all the listeners, you don't want to get into, uh, you want to avoid a a fight in the street at all costs. There are no winners. You're probably going to go to jail even if you win, and you could bounce somebody's head off a curb and they could die. It's just a stupid thing to get into. Having said that, if I ever actually need to fight somebody. What I'm going to do is um, take them down. I'm going to get to the side headlock position and I'm going to give them noogies until they can name me 10 candy bars. Right. So it's completely, they're not going to have a mark on their face. They're going to be able to walk away and they're going to have nothing but humiliation. And if they want to press charges, they have to go to the police and say, this man (laughs) held me down and he gave me noogies until I named 10 candy bars. And the police are just going to look at them and they're going to be like, what the fuck <laughs> you know it's it's what you do we did that in high school wrestling you know it's what we did to the freshmen you'd hold them down and slap them on the forehead give them noogies until they could name five cereals or whatever so uh that's that's my plan and i think that kind of hazing is how we get our way out of this don't use violence it's it's a little bit of violence let's be honest just a, a tiny like a little pinch of violence uh that they're able to walk away from where you just humiliate people and make fun of them use all the memes the cyberbullying, and noogies that's how we win Here's the thing, though. You and I understand it as a little bit of violence. To them, you just you attempted murdered them. <laughs> <laughs> you were beating their head off of the sidewalk, and you had them <laughs> in a strangle choke, which is what they'll call it. <laughs> and they couldn't breathe, by the way, despite telling them to get off Zer. And then... I don't know where I'm going. Yeah, it's the worst thing that you could do. Then they're gonna they're gonna be hyperbolic over every single detail, and they'll say, "Yeah, this guy almost tried to kill me." Look at what they said about the insurrectionists. The, AOC says, "Oh yeah, those guys could have were trying to kill me, Ted Cruz. You tried to have assassins come after me. Yeah, those fucking genius assassins. You know, it's like the ninjas of today. 
By the way, Nancy Pelosi also, I think I've seen something today. She said she would fight off the attackers if they came to her office. I just want to oh. say, look, if <laughs> if I'm in a hallway, right, and I'm like, if it's me and then at the end of this hallway is Nancy Pelosi. Satire, wherever he's going, this is satire. And we're in Minecraft server, and she's in a, like a Muay Thai stance. At first, I'd be like, holy shit, Nancy Pelosi knows Muay Thai. <laughs> it'd be super. It'd be super sick. And then, like, I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't be finishing the thought of Nancy Pelosi knows Muay Thai because after I will be thinking, oh, sick, she doesn't know that much Muay Thai. She actually, I don't, maybe she doesn't at all. She may have got lucky with the stance. I don't know. But point is, look, there's no way she's beating me in a fight. No fucking chance. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. She referred to herself as a street fighter. She goes, I'm pretty tough. I'm a street fighter. I challenge Nancy Pelosi Pelosi right now to the streets. Nancy Pelosi, catch me in the fucking streets right now. If you're such a street fighter, you we're gonna see who's the better street fighter. Uh, I'll cut to whatever weight that you want me. Well, I don't know if I can. I don't know. She has a lot of Jenny's <laughs> ice cream. She probably weighs eighty-eight yeah. pounds. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna, no, you're gonna, no way, dude. you're gonna be on a commercial if you have to cut that much weight. No, she doesn't weigh eighty-eight pounds. She eats at least three babies a day, dude. She weighs. <laughs> she, she has way more than eighty-eight pounds. The point is, she couldn't. I, look, she couldn't take me. I bet you guys could beat her up too, to be honest. I don't think – well, that one uh, – the dude that was wearing the Viking skull hat, he, he looked kind of big. He's a all, big guy. All he was out of her is, weight class. She's not making it to 10 candy bars is what I'm saying. I'm, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what uh, – In Minecraft. Nick, I, I was going to say, like, what if you're – you could give them enough noogies before they name candy bars. You might rub the blue out of their hair. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's not a that's not a bad point. El you're, Pupo, you're gonna do you be, think that's gonna be what gets you busted? Is your your hands gonna be all full of blue hair dye? Or just dandruff <laughs> and yeah, yeah. You find out they're maybe, that's how you find maybe, out they're vampires. Or you get headlights um, one of the two. Yeah, that's that's pretty gross. El Pupo, do you think you could take Chuck Schumer in handcuffs if you were handcuffed behind your back? Do you think you could take Chuck Schumer in a regulated MMA fight? Would I be able to attempt to? Get the handcuffs to the front of my body. Uh, no, no, it's it's Herb Dean is refereeing. This is completely state. <laughs> well, that's an, early, that's an early stoppage. <laughs> like if my hands are behind my back, Herb Dean says, "All right, fight." I immediately sit down and try to get my hands to my front. I get disqualified. Um, no, no, you can do that. But I was gonna say you get to wear whatever you want. But Chuck Schumer is in his three piece suit, and he's he's looking down at you over his condescending glasses and giving some speech, you know. So, uh, I you mean, he's coming after him, you. You can even give him the gavel, dude. I don't care. <laughs> you can give him the gavel. <laughs> oh, this uh, is a fun. We could we could do like a rapid fire. That was just the one that came to my head. But <laughs> it's like, what politicians do you think you could take with certain handicaps? You know, there you mean, could have some fun with that. Especially, I, don't, I you, also, by the way, I don't think he could hit me. Just the only problem is like, this is fun and all, but like. If this is being read as a transcript in a courtroom, <laughs> makes me a little nervous. Oh, Sir, yeah, can you no, explain this... to us what Minecraft server you play on? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, yeah, this this conversation alone will get us landed in Gulag, but we're already going there. So, um, Your Honor, let the record show he doesn't even own a copy of Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, you know what politician could could fuck uh, a lot of people up is Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan was a fucking animal wrestler. He was a, yeah, a national champ, if I'm not mistaken. He was a national champ. D1 national yeah. champ. Yeah. Was that yeah. that was the guy that was just roasting Fauci, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. He's I, a dude. He's a brawler. I mean, just intellectually and uh, physically, apparently. Oh, that's here. Here's a good thing. This is going to be a great question. Pat myself on the back for this one early. Uh, we t- kind of talked about it earlier, and I don't remember who said it. I think maybe it was Keenan who said that a modern purple belt now would fuck up a Brazilian black belt 20 years ago. And I agree with that statement. I do, too. I, I mean, it, and it's anyone yeah. anyone who's made it to purple belt would agree with that statement. I mean, that's probably being generous to the purple belts, of course. But, you know, come on, let's be realistic. We, we have tape, so we can see that's true. Now, having said that, I bet I – would be able to. I was not a good high school wrestler. I did high school wrestling, but I wasn't good at it. I bet I could pin Abraham Lincoln. He oh, had yeah. to be a shit wrestler. Like wrestling yeah, has to yeah. be way better now. First of all, I I agree with you because I mean I was also an okay high school wrestler, right? I wrestled three years. I didn't start till my sophomore year, so I was I was like a pinch above five hundred my senior year. And uh, I'm a lanky fuck, you know, I'm 6'1", 185. Hell yeah, let's so, go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Same. so so was Abraham Lincoln. So you know he can't wrestle. I, I think even like prime Abe where you picture him with the big forearms and he's splitting wood before he was a politician and a mass murderer. Um, I was going to say, is this I think I could take that Abe Lincoln too. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I mean, there's probably only a handful of uh, of leaders, honestly. I think – Putin is probably the the oh, yeah, hardest ass in the in the world right now as far as government positions. Ooh, that's the He's fight Sambo. to make. Who do you guys got? Yeah, Jim Jordan versus Vladimir Putin. Who you guys got? Uh, Jim Jordan, fuck him up. Yeah, Jim Jordan slams him on his head and he yeah, throws him for Team five. America. Dude. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, we should think, set that up. You oh, know, uh, we should set. Look, we have the power. <laughs> <laughs> we took the leader Vegas of Russia and this American politician and set this hey, up with our podcast. You guys got your brother to fight Ben Askren. Why don't you just make another phone call? <laughs> <laughs> That's my plan. Yeah, I got to call out you, one of the Paul brothers. Who do you got? Who do you got in that? I Ben Askren had a gut when he weighed in. He yeah, had, he, he has a gut every fight he's ever had. That's what he That's, looks like. Yeah, dude, <laughs> that's his I know. appearance. <laughs> it bums me out because I love Ben Askren. He's a libertarian too, by the way. Uh, if you go back to his uh, Rogan episode a few years ago, and he was, uh, I guess he was like at some Ron Paul event or whatever. But so he's like a, a real like Misesian libertarian. Um, he's he's always been a specialist. He's a wrestler. It's what he does. He ragdolls people and he smothers them and he beats on them. He's never been a boxer. He looks awkward as shit boxing. And this was the perfect fight to pick for Jake Paul to make some money and get his name out there and say, I kicked a UFC fighter's ass. I hope that Ben Askren wins, but I think Jake Paul might actually pull it off. Now, here's the thing. Do, are, do you strike Nick? Do you do striking? I, no, not much. I mean, I used to. Um, never fought or anything like that. But, uh, I mean, I, I can. I know super fundamentals of striking. I'm not completely clueless. Well, there's a thing that happens a lot. And I love to see, we kind of talked about it earlier, of a guy who comes in who's probably could ragdoll most people in the streets, you know, striking-wise. If it was just a, no, you know, no rules, you're just in the, in the streets, bro. But this individual puts on boxing gloves, and people who are bad against normal – like my striking's subpar for MMA fighting, which is what I do. I don't box or do Muay Thai matches but i do fight my boxing's not very good for mma i'm definitely a ground guy however you get crazy street fighter guy in from the gym sure he can ragdoll a lot of the country this bad mma boxing is still 
fucking elite over Street Fighter guy. Yeah. Every time it fucking kills him, pieces him up every time. You, there's just certain things you know that that guy doesn't. And if you seriously just stick to basics, I mean, you win every time. And I think that's really what Ben Askren has to do. He just has he knows he still knows boxing. Like I, I, I know the joke is could at least the joke in my head that I tell myself, and I imagine everyone else in the world's in on it. Could I beat up Ben Askren in striking? I don't know. Maybe I could. He's such a bad striker, but. At the same time, I have to go, no, dude, Ben Askren has been striking probably 10 times, 10 times longer than I have. There's no way. Even if he's a shit striker in MMA, if him and I box, I bet he's still had 5,000 more boxing sparring matches than I have. And he's still an elite athlete. That's the other thing. And yeah, I guess yeah, the yeah, question for me yeah. is, yeah, and I think the question for me is uh, how seriously has Jake Paul been taking it? And did he bring in like a nutritionist and the best boxing coaches he can find and sparring partners? Is he getting his sleep and doing road work and all this stuff? And I think maybe if he crammed and he was super passionate, he's been training years in a row. And if Ben Askren has been a couch potato, which he may have been, then maybe he's got something he's got, he's got some sort of chance. And that's what I fear. Um, but I'm, I'm rooting for Ben Askren all the way. Fuck Jake Paul. There's only, there could be only one Paul. He <laughs> he was uh, he trained with Freddie Roach for this supposedly. No way. Okay. Did yeah, really? yeah. And I they, bet Freddie hated him. They no. they said <laughs> that they said that he he took it seriously. So I mean, we'll see. And oh. and the thing is too is like Ben Askren's fought murderers. Like if he yeah. can if he can survive that onslaught from Robbie Lawler, I don't think Jake Paul is going to be that much for him. I could see Jake no. Paul coming out first couple rounds and just trying to throw bombs and Ben just waiting for him to wear down. That's what I see. Yeah, like I yeah. I knew instantly, and when I think about it, a lot of people are like, oh, Ben's probably not going to take it very seriously. He's fighting a YouTuber. That's not what people who fight do. If you're in a fight camp, you do fight camp. It's not You don't play make-believe a fight camp. You're in a fucking fight camp. So you, you, it's serious every single time, even if you're fighting a fucking dork because you don't want to get smoked. I don't think – Jake Paul's never had a real fight camp. I think he just goes to the freaking jazzercise gym and takes a few, you know, <laughs> those lessons. And goes, all right, well, let's got my pump on. I'm going to go get in a fight now and fight Nate Rob, which ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, Ben Askren is going to destroy him. Post-fight camp, Ben Askren versus YMCA boxing class Jake Paul. It's not even – I don't even think it will be a, a – well, it'll be fun to watch, but I don't think it'll be fair. And we're going to look back on this in hindsight and go, we can't keep making matches like this. This is someone's <laughs> right. going to get, someone's going to get hurt eventually. And that could, they uh, could be tomorrow actually. It well, could be. I, I well, don't know about, are you guys going to buy the fight? Are you going to pay for it and watch it? No. Oh man. Uh, neither, neither am I. Cause I don't want to support the clown fights. So I'm not a huge fan. Oh, I'm going to watch no. it. I'm not, pay- I haven't paid yeah. for a fight. I couldn't tell you when. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I if I'll I'll search you know search around for a stream, but there's also the Whitaker and Gastelum fight tomorrow. Might have to watch that too. So I might have the laptop going while I'm watching stuff on TV. That might be the game plan. I think I've yeah, not a, a not a bad plan. I'm just gonna go downtown and get in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna go call somebody a talcum termite, and it's gonna be on. <laughs> <laughs> This is this will be like one of the most fun episodes to edit. I'm just listening back to this by myself and laugh my ass off. <laughs> Usually they're like serious like conversations that we have. I'm like, wow, like like we have Vin Armani on. It's like I listen back, I'm like, man, I didn't catch when you said that. This yeah, is very I- enlightening. It's such a great conversation. This one I'm just gonna be like this is like stand up. 
I got so <laughs> nervous looking at your guys. Like you had Gene Epstein on. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? I'm out of my element. Why do these guys want to talk to me? I must be. I'm really good at jujitsu. That's probably it. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, that's, no, that's kind of, yeah. I mean, you check the boxes. You're like libertarian BJJ. It's like, oh, we got one of those. Come on. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have a conversation. And for people who think that like I'm, we're some crazy radicals. I mean, I can't speak for you guys, but I'm a sweetheart. You know, that's who I am. You know, I'll be nice to old ladies and hold doors open. And of mm. course, it's completely hypothetical and satire. Like anybody's going to get in a Muay Thai match with Nancy Pelosi. Okay, Fed boys, if you're listening, it's a joke. The court won't play that part of this episode. <laughs> yeah, they'll cut. Yeah. <laughs> CNN's going to cut that part out. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, Nancy Pelosi, don't let me catch you at Chick Fil A, dog. <laughs> I don't. No, Chick Chick Fil A is too pure. She don't let me. There. Yeah, you're right. Like she, <laughs> like she makes her fast food runs anyway. I doubt it. I I don't know if any of them do except Donnie T. Trump was a big McDonald's guy. Hmm. I read some. I read some theory that someone had that he ate McDonald's because he thought that people were trying to poison him in the '80s. And he knew that fast food workers didn't give a fuck, so they wouldn't poison him. I could see it. Yeah. Who knows? Trump. Trump is a well, wild man. Remember, I think that uh didn't Biden like didn't Biden challenge him to like push-ups or something? Yeah, and I know mean, he challenged Biden challenged some random guy that was asked it, questions about it? Hunter. Yeah. Like, oh, you want you want to do push-ups right now? Come on, come on, yeah. man. You know, this is, I, I can't, I'll have to try to find the clip. I haven't looked for it in a while, but I remember this was 2012. So it was when Mitt Romney was running for president and Lawrence O'Donnell of MSNBC challenged Mitt Romney's sons yeah, to a fight. That. No, like he, he legitimately challenged them to a mm-hmm. fight. Like think you're tough, whatever his name is. He's like, how about you come see me? we'll see who the tough guy is. And he, he was actually, ch- I'm like, what the fuck? I was 17. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck am I watching right now? I remember that. I remember watching that with you. We were in our parents' basement and you walked down and we like, turned on the news and like, that was on. You and I both looked at each other after he said, it, we're like, Did he's that like 140 pounds. Token well, it's like, it was, yeah. it was because Mitt Romney's son wasn't like a veteran. He's like, he's never even served. You want to take on me? Come on. Here's my number. Call me. It's like this weird, like. What, See now, those are the celebrity boxing matches I can get behind. Yeah, we I mean, need I'd to make to that see, happen. I'd love to see yeah. a senator's son fight for a fight a uh, you know news anchor. I want to see. I want to see cracked out Hunter Biden throwing down. That's yeah, what yeah, I dude. I okay. We could have fun making the matchups. What we do is we say here it's a charity event. And we're going to, we have a great cause, right? Like kids with cerebral palsy or something. Like it's all the, all the proceeds go to kids with cerebral palsy and we match up like, you know, um, what's her name? Whitmore from Michigan versus the MILF Christy Gnome from South Dakota. Like and they just go at it. Like here's we the just, thing. We just have an undercard. We have like 15 fights and it's a great night for a great cause. <laughs> the witch versus the MILF. I love it. You're, <laughs> you're never going to get to convince those senators to agree, though, if you say it's for kids with cerebral palsy. What you have to do is say, look, the donation proceeds, it's going to building, rebuilding Little St. James Island. OK, so give us all the money that you got and they'll, you, you'll have everyone signing up. At, at, you're going to have so much money coming in. Uh and then there's a lot of matchups I too. By the way, save Hunter Biden for me. Okay, I called dibs on that one. <laughs> With or without crack? I'll smoke the crack. 
I'll do whichever he wants to do. The, the, the boxing commission eliminates that from the testing oh. protocol. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. In certain states, you can fight, and they're not – the state – doesn't really have a lot of money. Their commission doesn't have a lot of money, so they don't necessarily drug test you. So there could be someone who's getting in fights in their particular state they live in mm-hmm. under the influence of marijuana, which is a suspendable offense. You could be, the person could be on the show. I don't know. But it's entirely possible. I think we should just have the fight here in this state this guy lives in that I heard about. And that way, you know, you can get everyone cracked out. They're not going to drug test. <laughs> Just Hunter Hunter's pupils are the size of a freaking pool ball. All right. Well, that, Just that annihilated. That brings us to uh, about the one hour mark. Um, so one El- last one last matchup. One last matchup. Uh, DeSantis versus Newsom. Who do you guys got? What round? By what finish? Mm. If you're going to make a bet, you have to make a bet for like ten to one odds. What do you got? Are we going like nursing home deaths or no? Deaths? I say no, no, no. In a, in a sanctioned, in a sanctioned three round, five minute MMA fight. Personally, I got Ron DeSantis by first round TKO. Oh, I'll, I'll second that. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I think I think DeSantis comes out throwing bombs. He survives an early flurry, hits him with a hook across the jaw. Newsom, it's too much soy in his diet. His muscles are gonna give. I think it actually stops first round by uh, doctor stoppage when Newsom's androchrome supply runs really low in the fight. <laughs> he, he has an adrenaline androchrome dump, and uh, <laughs> you watch him age 40 years in front of your very eyes, and he withers away. So uh, DeSantis by win by, I guess, opponent being sand after the fight. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like that dude in, uh, was it the, the third Indiana Jones <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. It just ages ages a hundred years. So, El Popo, this is normally the part of the podcast where I let the guest plug their social media, but you've been banned from Twitter. So this is new to me. I'm trying to uh, do what I can, but where potentially could people find you if you ever get put back on Twitter? There's a website. I don't know who owns it, but it's called boys.town, B-O-Y-Z.town. And I guess since I'm not on Twitter, I'll go back to post it on there. You could also find if you wanted to listen to white people racist humor. And that's not white people being racist, although it is, I guess, what it is. But it's being racist at white people, you know, the ones who deserve it. (laughs) You could find that on Not A Podcast, which can also be found on boys.town. I do that with Mr. Neocon Remover. And that's, that's the only plugs I have. I guess if you see me on Twitter... Look for a guy. By the way, that's my other thing. I t- say that I'm gay on Twitter. I'm not gay, but I tell everyone I'm gay, and I really, ha- I really ham it up too. That way, and the reason I do it is so I can say, "Oh, dude!" Like if I see someone posting their Funko Pop wall, I can go, "Dude, that's gay," and I can go, "It's not, it's not good gay like me. It's bad gay like Reddit Gold or knowing your Hogwarts house." <laughs> So it's my way I can call things gay without being in trouble. And it, it doesn't make me homophobic. If I'm homophobic, I wouldn't call myself gay, right? It's true. Checkmate. Chestnut checkers. Yeah. <clears throat> I love it. But if, oh, anyone, cool. if anyone asks, I hit, it, I hit on everyone, and I'm very, very gay. So I tell them I'm, it's true, I am gay. 
Awesome. Noted. We'll, and that, we'll that's keep, that's we'll that's, that's my plugs. <laughs> that's my plugs. I'm gay. <laughs> this has been a whole new style of podcast, but I really enjoyed it. So thank you so much, El Popo. I really appreciate it. Uh, for the listeners, please uh, rate and review on iTunes. Uh, let us yeah, know no more bullshit four star reviews either. Yeah, Listen that's so fast. that's so weak. Don't go. Oh, they if they did this really minute thing that caters to my really fucking strange weird thing i like i would give it five stars but until then it's four stars like dude is it very good come on do five stars four stars is you have an authentic complaint stop being having weird idiosyncrasies and writing stuff four stars and this is coming from a guy who has no podcast ratings at all so don't do me four stars either Yeah, it's one star or five star or no comment. Yeah, there you yeah. Go. Anything in between needs like a real articulate, like novel explanation yeah. of what we thought about the podcast. But anyhow, uh, also Freedom Fest, July 21st, 21st to 24th will be there. And uh, yeah, please rate review the show. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Peace. Sure.